ramblings of the Mike Man with Adrian Jackson. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Ramblings of the Mike Man with me, Adrian Jackson. Hope you're all well. Sorry it's been a while, but uh, I have been rather busy. Uh, if you listened to the last podcast, you'll know that I've just recently moved up to Suffolk. So I've been looking for work, which I've now found. Cha-ching! Uh, sorting myself out, cha-ching, and doing all those kind of various stuff that you do when you move. So, this week, or kind of like the last week, the week that's been, or past, however you want to phrase it, has been uh, quite historic. There are two E's that are very important. The EU and uh, the England football team. It has all been kicking off since the last podcast. So, What's coming up today? Well, obviously, the EU referendum. We're not going to go mad about it and overthink it, but we're just going to have a little bit of fun with that. Then we're going to be talking briefly about uh, the England football team and the knucklehead that is Roy Hudson. Uh, then I am maybe going to move on to tip of the day, because uh, my dad is quite keen to uh, talk to you about that. Uh, and a new segment of the show, which is going to be introduced today, is Old Wives' Tales. And, you know, pretty much anything that pops into my uh, head, we will discuss. So, today, it is uh, Wednesday the 29th of June, 2016. And later on today, I have got a hospital appointment because I have a nasal infection. Can't quite tell. I've had it now for about the last seven or eight months and it's causing me all sorts of problems. The most notable problem is that I continuously keep losing my taste. So one day I have it, one day I don't have it, one day I don't have it, one day I do have it, and it's really frustrating. Uh, apart from me having the hospital appointment, um, everything is pretty good. So, let's begin. The EU referendum in the United Kingdom of Great Britain. Craziness ensued after this. I mean, utter craziness. So, obviously, all the people went out to vote on the 23rd of June, and most people believed that we would remain in the EU. Um, come the 24th, there was a kind of palpable kind of um, tension, anxiety hanging over everybody on the 24th. Even I felt it. Now, being honest, I didn't vote. And the reason I didn't vote was quite simple. All of the arguments that were being given by both parties, quite simply, um, didn't sway me either way. I was genuinely confused. I'd like to think of myself as reasonably intelligent, and I would always um, advocate uh, the vote. But on this occasion, I just couldn't vote. I just couldn't vote. I just didn't know either or. Uh, and in some ways, I'm quite pleased, because... I'm not fighting, um, I'm, I, I don't want to be part of the infighting, you know, um, if you voted to remain, um, they're very critical of those that voted to leave, uh, kind of being very obnoxious, very derogatory, calling those that wanted to leave kind of like racists and bigots and right, uh, right wing, whereas the leavers are kind of just pretty much saying, look, hey, you know, this is democracy, we've went out, we've voted, you're just going to have to stick up with it, uh, put up with it, sorry. So yes, so uh, that was crazy, and it's really divided the country. It's really noticeable. So I'm kind of pretty much just trying to stay out of it because, to be honest, I find it all quite depressing. You know, we've made the decision, and now we need to move on as a country as a whole. Um, I don't think that you know umming and ahhing about 
every little detail is going to help. We just need to take our time and we need to move on. Um, but as I say, you know, um, even I found myself being, uh, I got quite anxious. And the more I heard about it, it just got me really down. So much arguing, so much fighting. So listen, guys, let's be upbeat, okay? You're going to be listening to Ramblings of the Mike Man with me, Adrian Jackson. And you're going to have a good day. Um, obviously, David Cameron stepped down. Um, I thought it was quite disappointing. I, I thought that he could have remained as the Prime Minister. But it's his choice. And we need to crack on. And obviously, uh, the, probably the most funny thing that's come out of this, the Labour Party, uh, Labour Party has completely collapsed. Uh, jo- uh, Jeremy Corbyn has had a no a vote of no confidence um, uh, balloted, and he's completely and utterly lost the race, but he won't resign. So uh, Jeremy Corbyn is destroying the Labour Party, and um, the Conservatives allowed us to vote in the referendum, and we voted out. So let the political class fight amongst each other, is what I say. So, I think it's about time that we take a short break. And when we return, we will be discussing the England football team. Hooray. Oh, how I miss Barry. Me and Barry always used to sit on the seawall, eating our fish and chips. Barry loved his chips. And he kept eating chips. And he kept on and on and on. Then one day he had a coronary and now he's gone. Poor Barry. Don't eat chips. Where on earth are you from? You from England? Where you come from? Do you put the kettle on? Welcome back to Ramblings of the Might Man with me, Adrian Jackson. Now, obviously, uh, we didn't score one more than them. Uh, Iceland beat England 2-1 in the knockout phases of the European Championships. So, as per usual, England have been uh, beaten in the first round knockout phase. Uh, I think the last time we won a game in that kind of stage was about 10 years ago. And it was an absolute travesty. It was embarrassing to watch it as an England fan. Now, take nothing away from Iceland or any of the people that we've played. Um, it was genuinely one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen in England, uh, an England team play. It was absolutely shocking. And I just want to just put it out there. Uh, I am uh, not an avid football fan. Uh, I go to kind of like local football matches when I can. I used to go down to Charlton Athletic a lot because it was kind of my local team. <clears throat> I didn't really start watching football until the 1998 World Cup. So I'm sure there will be people out there that would say, you know, mind your business, you don't know what you're talking about. But um, I've watched it for long enough now, plenty of Premier League, Champions League games to kind of think I've got a grasp on things. And um, I was just making a few notes uh, uh, the other day about some of what I want to talk to you about. But the first thing was, you know, for me, uh, I started getting really interested in European football when uh, the Pep Guardiola, 
or Pep Guardiola's Barcelona kind of like appeared on the scene and were just playing this kind of football that was just magical, almost like a team of geniuses playing football. And when you see that, you think to yourself, do you know what, I wish kind of, you know, our national team could maybe play like that. And clearly it's not going to happen at the moment because the FA are just clueless. And when I'm watching the match, uh, just me as a football fan, I'm just looking for a bit of creativity, you know, something, you know, that's going to make you go, wow, that's fantastic. And I think the last kind of players that we had that had that kind of um, magic spark were the likes of maybe Shearer, uh, Gascoigne, uh, Pierce, uh, the, the old guard, you know, the last real generation. And it got me thinking. Now, I can remember Euro 96 because it was in uh, Wembley, it was in England. And, uh, and I do remember watching bits of it, but I wasn't really into it, but it got me thinking. So I started to look back uh, kind of like who have won World Cups and European Championships over uh, the last kind of 20 years. So just bear with me. So here we go. So in 1996, Germany uh, won the European Championships. So we're not talking the Champions League. This is what we've just gone out of, the European Championships. Germany won the European Championships in 1996. And that was one of England's best chances to win a tournament because we uh, lost to them in the semi-finals uh, on penalties. So um, I started kind of, you know, looking at the level of consistency uh, amongst teams in Europe, in the World Cup, and all that kind of stuff. So here we go. So in 1996, Germany won the European Championships. Um, but then, in 1998, at the World Cup, France won the World Cup. Then, in 2000, at the European Championships, France also won the European Championships. So there was a level of consistency with France. Then 2002, at the World Cup, Brazil won the World Cup. I know that they're not European, but you'll see my point. Then, in 2004, Greece won the European Championships. So, you know, you've got a little bit of a change going on there. And this is when it gets quite interesting. In 2006, Italy won the World Cup. Um, in 2008, Spain won the European Championships. In 2010, Spain won the World Cup. So again, Spain has been very consistent. Then, in 2012, Spain won the European Championships again. So you've got a four-year level of consistency there with Spain. Um, then, in... 2014 Germany won the World Cup and my prediction is that Germany is going to win the European Championships now if you was following all that apologies if I made that overly complicated <laughs> there's levels of consistency so there's been a level of consistency from Spain um, a level of consistency say um, from Germany level of consistency say from Italy and all of our European counterparts have got a level of consistency where they're able to uh, achieve uh, and win tournaments England are bereft of any ideas. They have got absolutely no creativity drilled into them. And who are we going to blame for this? Um, I think the players are to blame. I think the money in the game is to blame. I think the Premier League is partially responsible for not nurturing enough young talent. I think it does a reasonable job, but I don't think it does a good enough job. Um, and there's just absolutely no clue. And for years, I've kind of thought to myself, you know, if I was watching this and I was at the FA, I'd be like, this is appalling. Like, we need to have, you know, we really need to, we really need to rethink the whole thing. Absolutely. Because we're just not achieving. And Sven Goran Eriksson, uh, when he managed this for the period, um, he, he used to get a lot of criticism, but he used to guarantee you quarter-final places. And then ever since that, we've just been appalling. But it was one of the most embarrassing performances, I think, that I've ever, ever seen of any football team. And we just can't play as a team. Iceland were playing as a team. The Welsh were playing as a team. The Republic and Northern Ireland were playing as a team. 
But England just do not even seem to understand the concept of the word team. There is no I in team. And I think all of the England players, as much as they think they're playing in teams, they're all too individual. And how do they not? How can they fix that problem? I really, really don't know. So um, that's my little rant over. But I have a very, very exciting little surprise for you. Uh, on the line, I have actually managed to get hold of Roy Hodgson. Yes, you heard it right. Roy Hodgson, okay, um, has agreed to speak with me. I can't tell you how I've managed to do it, but I have got him on the line. And uh, I've got a few questions that I'm going to ask him. So, without further ado, we're going to go over and speak to Roy now. And uh, Roy, my first question is, um, where do you think that it all went wrong? Uh, I'm no longer the England manager. Well, yeah, I know, I know that you're no longer the England manager, but, you know, uh, what do you think went wrong? Yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, okay, so you don't know what you're doing, but, you know, what did it feel like to be the England manager for four years? Uh, I'm no longer the England manager. Okay, so we're clearly getting nowhere with this kind of line of conversation, Roy. So if I could ask you one more thing. Um, what, if anything, do you take away with you from being the England manager? The slings and arrows that come with it. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Roy, to be totally honest. Slings and arrows, I think you're talking out your eyes, mate. So uh, before I bid you a farewell, is there anything you'd like to say to my audience? Uh, I'm no longer the England manager. Yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah, well, you're totally right there. You really didn't know what you were doing, and uh, I bid you farewell. Thank you very much, Roy Hodson. Yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah, clearly you don't. Now, can you just get off the line, please, Roy? Yeah, thanks very much. See you later. Bye. We'll be back straight after this. <coughs> Got a cough? Sore throat? Pounding headache? Or suffering from hot jets of warm diarrhoea? Have you got blood in your stalls? Numb limbs? Skin discoloration? Unusual lumps or bumps? Or odd bouts of dizziness? Why not try all-in-one Doctanian cough syrup? All-in-one and, and one, one for all! all. Side effects may include medieval fencing, bout perforation, constipation or death. Welcome back to Ramblings of the Mic Man with me, Adrian Jackson. There was David Morales uh, needing you, the track playing you back in. So, a uh, very exciting um, interview there with Roy Hodgson. Um, and I think one thing that I come away from that is, you know, passion. You've got to be able to instill or instill, instill passion uh, into people. And if you can't do that, then the people that are working with him, you know, they just need to walk away and let him know. You know, I've had similar experiences. You know, there was a time many years ago where, you know, I went to uh, a course. I wanted to, I put myself onto a course because I wanted to learn something. I was really enthusiastic about the course. But once I got onto the course, uh, the teacher or the lecturer, however, they, however they want to, what they want to call themselves, uh, they, you know, they were they were awful. They were absolutely awful. And they instilled no confidence, excitement in me. And you know, if you're going to be teaching something to somebody, you have to have that. I don't know that 
Vavavoom, you know, what Thierry Henry had, you know, a little bit of that hanging out the side. And I told the, the teacher, I said, you just, I said, I've got to come up to you, I've got to tell you this, but you know, you, you don't, you know, you're not making me enthused about the subject that I want to learn. You know, I said, there's nothing coming from you. And because of that, I've got to leave. And she didn't like that, to be fair. You know, she was like, well, you yeah, know, and I was like, well, you know, you're not very enthusiastic. You're very negative. And, you know, like, why? You know, I think that, you know, she, uh, she was probably a very dull person. That's a bit harsh, you know. Um, the FA is as much to blame as Roy Hodgson, but he'll probably be the scapegoat for a little while. But, you know, it all comes with the territory. Now, I tell you, uh, somebody who is passionate, my father. Tip of the day by the man who knows everything. My father. Of course I know everything. I bloody made you, didn't I? Okay, so it's that time again. Tip of the day with my father. So without further ado, here is my father with tip of the day. Good afternoon. My tip of the day is that democracy is the principle that the majority wins. Tip. The majority won. End of. Thank you. Tip of the day. By the man who knows everything. My father. Of course I know everything. I bloody made you, didn't I? So there you go, my father there with his tip of the day. Clearly related to the EU referendum. As I say, it does get a little bit hot under the colour. Uh, collar. Uh, I should say, and uh, I keep warning him of, uh, you know, he must calm down, otherwise he might give himself an early heart attack, which would be bad. So, uh, we are almost getting toward the end of the show, but as I promised you earlier, I am bringing a new segment to the show called Old Wives' Tales, which is going to be featuring my mother. And uh, the title is um, pretty self-explanatory. Um, it's all the things that you kind of hear about that people do, but nobody ever questions. So let's just make one up. Somebody might say, oh, um, if you get a dry duster and you rub it on a wooden table, uh, it makes it transparent. Now, clearly that's not true, but uh, you go, no, it doesn't. They go, yeah, yeah, it does. It does. It does. Oh, yeah, my mum used to do it and her mum used to do it before her mum used to do it. And you kind of think to yourself, really? So uh, I decided to introduce or create a new segment to the show. Uh, called Old Wives' Tales. So without further ado, here we go. Old Wives' Tales. With Adrian's mother. You get a ripened banana, you put it with unripened bananas, and then they'll start ripening. Okay, so welcome to Old Wives' Tales uh, with me and my mother. Okay, hello mum, how are you doing, you alright? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. You have an exciting day? Yeah, very exciting. Okay, so um, I think we're going to start off with this uh, particular segment, Old Wives' Tales. Um, in the title music, um, it talks about uh, the fruit in the bowl. Uh, you talk about the bananas in the bowl and the ripening up. So just just tell me about where you, where you heard about this kind of, like you put like you know, ripened fruit into a bowl of unripened fruit. And is there any, like, evidence to support this? Yeah, of course there is. You put unripened bananas in a bowl. Yeah. <coughs> then you put a ripened banana in with it. Yeah. And then a few days later, all the bananas are turned ripe. Yeah, but... So it's a true old wives' tale. It can't... But the thing is, is that you could just buy bananas from the shop and not have any ripe bananas, and the bananas will ripen up, ripen yeah, up anyway. Yeah, but they'll take longer to ripen. And where, where, where did you hear this from? From my mum. And who did your mum hear well, it from? Well, from my mum. And, and <laughs> from did, her mum. And did you, hear, did you hear any of this from any... Did you, when you was going around people's houses as, like, a kid, 
like in the 60s or the 50s yeah, like yeah. Did, did you hear these like people yeah, saying about yeah my friends mums used to say the same thing see I don't I think you're... so obviously they all got it from their mums so I'm not so sure but it's so... something you sort of pass down through the generations and what do you think's happening what's that banana doing to the fruit in the bowl well it's sending out little messages isn't it what do you mean <laughs> sending out little messages <laughs> what messages is it sending out saying <laughs> You're all unripened bananas. I'm the right banana here, and I'm sending out little messages so, to all start getting right. So you're, they're talking to each other. Yes, of course they are. So if I got some kind of like I don't know, kind of like scientific implement. Yeah, you do. You do, and what yeah, would they be saying to each other? You're a bunch of unripe bananas. <laughs> I'm the right banana. Oh, okay. And we're all going to get ripe together. So if anyone has got you know has got any evidence of this, then please you know uh, comment on this. Okay, so um, another one. I'm going to just do two more. Um, so the next one I want to ask you is this whole sugar on lettuce. Oh, sorry, phone yeah. going off. There, sugar on lettuce. What, yeah. what, what's all this about? Because I saw you sprinkling sugar on your lettuce, and I was like, "What are you doing?" You was like. Oh, you know, you know, my mum used to do that. I mean, it's yeah, very it just, odd. It just makes the lettuce more crunch, makes the lettuce yeah. a bit more crunchy. Makes it more crunchy. Yeah, and it's like when you're cooking tomatoes. Yeah. If you're grilling tomatoes, you put a little bit of sugar on them before you start grilling them, and it just sweetens them up and makes them taste really nice. That, that sounds. It no. sounds like a fatty treat. No, no, it's not a fatty treat. No. It's a well-known fact. Everybody does it. Okay, so it's not a fatty treat. Okay, and the last one, you were just drinking a cup of tea, weren't you? Weren't yes, you? Yeah? yeah. How was your cup of tea? My cup of tea was lovely. What colour was it? Cup of tea colour, plain, uh, lightish colour. You have a light one, but I have a dark green No, that's disgusting. But you said to me... Black tea. Well, it's not black tea. It's, it's, br- really, it's, it's yeah, very really, brown. It's really, strong, no. It's like mud water colour. Couldn't drink it, yeah. yeah? Um, like tea without milk. You said the other day, if you drink dark tea, you get heartburn. What's yeah, that about? Yeah, Because I think that's an old wives' tale. <laughs> I don't <laughs> get heartburn. It is an old wife's tale because you don't get you don't get heartburn yeah, from well, drinking known, dark tea. I've known people that have drunk Who? dark tea. Who? Who have you known? My dad. Your dad. <laughs> <laughs> so keeping it within the family, yeah. <laughs> My dad. Yeah. Used to drink. Sometimes if he used to drink tea with no milk, yeah. he'd get really bad heartburn afterwards. So basically, you think if you drink dark tea, yeah. you get heartburn. Yeah. But I've changed from light tea to medium tea. Yeah. So maybe the transition of tea. That's why I don't get heartburn. Yeah, could be. Could be. But if you drink yeah. dark tea, so if you if if anybody gets heartburn from drinking dark tea. Or put sugar on, you know, lettuce or tomatoes, or you know, um, knows if bananas talk to one another in a bowl or anything. Then please let me know. Uh, thank you very much, Mum, for joining me on Old Wives' Tales. Do you enjoy that? Yeah, it's very good. Thank okay, you. that's right. See you later. Bye. Old Wives' Tales with Adrian's mother. You get a ripened banana. You put it with unripened bananas, and then they'll start ripening. <laughs> So there we go, Old Wives Tales with my mother. Uh, I actually think that's probably going to be one of my uh, favourite segments of the show because you can just pick up Old Wives Tales from anywhere. So if you hear of any or you know of any, then please comment and let me know what they are because I really want to delve into them. And I think what I might do as well is further explore uh, some of these wives tales, like the dark tea, maybe it might give you heartburn, um, all that kind of stuff. I'll research it and then I'll come back to it and give you my results. Okay, so I think that the show is coming to its natural conclusion now. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this show. Apologies that the content that I'm uh, outputting currently um, isn't as regular um, as maybe some others, but um, I am quite busy at the moment, and I do try and put all of my kind of energies into this radio show, but um, there's a lot going on right now. So thank you very much for listening and supporting me. You have to start somewhere, and uh, I enjoy doing it. It's a 
great kind of pastime for me, really enjoy myself. So thanks ever so much for listening. Please tell your friends about it. Please subscribe. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, just go to at AJ1981BSC, all in capital letters. That's at AJ1981BSC. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter. So thanks very much for listening. This has been Adrian Jackson, and this has been the ramblings of the Mike Man. Ramblings of the Mike Man with Adrian Jackson. Yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing. The slings and arrows that come with it.